0: Hello and welcome to the DFS Coach Talk Podcast. Today is February 26th, and we are here to go over an awesome nine-game main slate with our members and our listeners. Uh, I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the GPP guru, along with Mr. Micah Mr. Andrew Hansen. How are you, Andrew?
1: I'm doing well, Coach. Yeah, this is this is an awesome slate. It's got a little bit of everything. And what we love about DFS is that every day is different, keeps us on our toes, and we've got high totals, low totals, back-to-backs, injuries, you know, the whole gamut. So this will be fun to break down. Yeah, it is. It is got a little bit of everything,
0: that's for sure. Uh, and it's, it's going to make for a fun slate. You know... We've talked about this a lot of times. The more games, the better. So I am absolutely loving it. No doubt about it. And uh, we had a great day, great night last night. I know you had uh, some broadcasting duties and couldn't really jump in on the fun. But, man, we, we uh, really top 2% finish in a, in a bunch of, of tournaments and, and cash games were uh, over the top so it's you You got to love when you finish like second out of a 100 in, in a 50 50 it makes you feel pretty darn relaxed down the stretch you know
1: absolutely because then hopefully you also put the cash lineup in the gpp line G, gpp uh tournament okay. just in case yeah. yeah and uh i mean that's how i always like to do it but yeah great night for dfs coach talk and Excited to try to go do it again tonight? It, it, yeah, it really was. And and that,
0: that brings up a good point I want to mention real quickly is, you know, I put out the cash lineups uh, seven days a week for us uh, for Fantasy Draft. And uh, I'm sorry, for DraftKings and uh, FanDuel. and. Andrew and Michael, uh, split pretty much doing the GPP lines, but just so you folks out there know, and, and then obviously I've, I've shared this with our members, but my lineups are cash lineups. However, they just have a little smidgen of hybrid in there. Cause I don't really build GPP lineups. So just like you said, uh, Andrew, it's like, um, you know, if I really like a line, I'll cross it over and play it on both sides of the coin uh, with cash and GPP. So I just wanted to bring this up because, uh, you know, I've had people ask me that a lot is, uh, you know, they'll just strictly play it, you know, just completely on cash. And, and you, you know, if you find if you enter the right contests, I think at least on my lineups, you can you can cross play them uh, as well
1: yeah i mean if you think about it in cash you want those high floor guys but it's right. not like you it's not like you're gonna cross somebody out cross somebody out if they also have a high ceiling right i mean you'll take a high floor high ceiling guy put him in a cash lineup and he works pretty well in a gpp too
0: you better believe it man there that's a great point um i wanted to mention too i am personally in those cash lineups fifty five and twenty two on the season so i'm keeping my head above that 70% mark and actually jumping up just a smidgen. So that's my big goal for the year. I think a, a really lofty goal. If you can if you can win 70% of your cash games, uh, I think you're going to be pretty darn good ahead in the long run. That's for sure. So, And the, the cool thing is at Coach Talk, as everybody knows, we're new. Uh, not that we're new to this world because we've done – podcast together andrew and mike and i for a year uh you know we have come over from hoopball to do just the dfs stuff uh still have a great relationship with hoopball and really going to try to send the uh year-long stuff over there and i think you know they're going to push some of the dfs stuff back here too so it's a nice world that everybody gets along in sometimes you know what i mean gotta love it Gotta love it. All right, we're diving into this slate with no further ado because it's a nine-game slate. Nine games uh, is nothing to play with. You got a lot of lot of stuff to go over. And unfortunately, Andrew, you're probably going to fall asleep. You could probably go have a, a ham and cheese sandwich and a, and a cup of coffee because I've got to read down an, a player news injury report that is longer than... Uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica, which the young, <laughs> do young kids even know what that is? That's no, what they,
1: they know. don't. They, they know what no Google clue. is, and that's all they need.
0: Well, let's just say if you try to take all of Google and put it in a book, that's about the big size. Encyclopedia exactly. Get. <laughs> all right, here I go. I'm going to fire it down. DeAndre Hunter confirmed he's playing. Big, big one. Trey Young, 50-50 questionable. Think that's going to shift the slate? Then you got uh, Wayne Ellington, probable for the Knicks. Frank Nitalikina is out. Brandon Clark, you stinking. He killed me the other night. He is out. At least we know he wasn't faking the injury. He's got a right quad, and he will not play. Kelly Oubre remains out for this game against the Clippers. Willie Cauley-Stein, 50-50. Davis Berton's questionable 50-50. That's an important one. couple of guys that are out that I don't think get much play, Alfonso McKinney and Dante Exum from Cleveland, probably just pumps up the three guards from Cleveland in Sexton Garland and uh, Porter Jr., who had a monster game last time out. Here's another key piece. Jimmy Butler, 50-50 Questionable. We really need to know that news. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is out, which is big news for sure. That's against the Mavericks, so he'll be out for the Spurs. Now trying to figure out what Pop's going to do with that rotation. With Aldridge out is like trying to figure out, uh, you know, if you've read the ACA Act, trying to figure out what everything means in there. But uh, that's going to be a tough one. Um, DeAndre Bembry out. Dwayne Dedman, probable. Alan Crabb, Micah is top five players. He is out. <laughs> He's sitting out because he has no chicken soup challenge to play for. Wilson Chandler from Brooklyn, questionable. That's important. He's been getting some minutes. Uh, Elf Payton is probable. So for those of us that jumped on the Dennis Smith for a day at that low price and he went bonkers. That was beautiful, but now we've got Elf Payton back, and he will probably take over the majority of those duties against the woeful Charlotte Hornets. Eric Gordon is important. He's questionable, uh, but this says 60%. So in other words, uh, he was listed as questionable, but the news from early uh, shoot around makes it look more like he's going to play. So I think Keep an eye on it, but that's a guy we may want to count in. Uh, Russell Westbrook is playing. Patrick Beverly is back. Paul George is in. Eli Kobo in. Dario Saric in. Aaron Baines and DeAndre Ayton in. So all those Phoenix guys that have been bubbling in and out are all in. Uh, here's one that came back that we may have forgotten even existed. Jake Lehman, he is confirmed in for Minnesota. When's the last time he played?
1: Seems like forever ago.
0: I I mean, has he played this year? I don't think he's played this year.
1: I'm going to have to look it up. That's a good Uh, trivia
0: question. That's interesting. And then uh, Luca has been uh, confirmed in for anybody that was worried about him not playing. So, again, very comprehensive list but very important list to know let's dive in three seven o'clock games first one is the new york knicks at the charlotte hornets now that does it can it get worse than that no i didn't think so uh it is yeah and here's just more fun to add to the the mixture you know you had uh their, the Graham for Charlotte sit out the last game But I guess that was load management and He is going to play in this game But it is the second night of a back-to-back For Charlotte And it's the first night of a back-to-back For the Knicks So not only do they all stink uh, They're playing back-to-backs All over the place And this uh, is the second lowest Total I've seen this season uh, The Knicks somehow are One and a half point road favorite. And uh, the the total is 208. You've got 105 implied for the Knicks, 103 for Charlotte. From the pace standpoint, the Knicks are 21st, Charlotte slowest team in the NBA. Defensively, it gets just as bad. They are 23rd and 24th, respectively. So, uh, junk city game, not one that's going to be fun to try to roster, but. There's a few guys I have a smidgen of interest in here.
1: What about you? Well, yeah, from an overall standpoint, this is not a very attractive game by any means. And I, I do think Graham is a bit of a wild card here. You know, you mentioned the rest purposes, load management. May have also been shooting slump management. One yeah. for 17 in his last two games before getting the night off. Yeah, so, he's... I mean, I, you know, I can't imagine playing him in cash um i oh. i leave that to you and i i no, don't plan to yeah i don't plan to play him in tournaments either but if you do multi enter i'd probably get one share of him just in case he takes advantage of the rest and comes out and maybe he turns it around you get him at low ownership but you know with that low total that you mentioned i don't have much much interest in this game just looking at the pricing i did notice that rj barrett On DraftKings, he's six K, but on FanDuel, he's only four point eight. Yeah. So, and and we do like playing wings against Charlotte. So, he's a guy I'll I'll consider, but you know, not much else. I'm with you, man. I mean, the only two guys, like I said, I'd consider from this
0: game that I'm looking slightly at are Elf and R.J. Barrett. Uh, Those two, those two guards against Charlotte. should have some success, and I know Peyton's just coming back from missing a game, so, you know, I'm not going to race to him. But uh, I'm going to look at those guys a little bit. Uh, right now they're on su- just on the outside looking in, so if there's other news, uh, I may roster one of those guys. But, you know, there's also a good chance that this game I'll just be uh, dark.
1: Absolutely. I wouldn't blame you for that.
0: All right, game two, Philadelphia 76ers at the Cleveland Cavs. It's also a 7 o'clock game. Philly is a 7.5-point road favorite. The total is 216.5, second lowest total. Seems like we'd be getting low total dud games early, like almost every night, and uh, you got to wait for your guys to get playing. I don't know, maybe it's just the same group of crappy uh, East teams playing early, I guess, on a consistent basis. But Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, as far as pace, Philly's 18th, Cleveland 19th, so both, both below average. And then you've got Philly with their stellar fifth-ranked defense, which is solid. But then you have the infamous Cleveland dead last now, worse than Washington defensively. And you've got, you know... My theory of no matter what, you have to play at least one of the backcourt guards against Cleveland. And I know I beat that like a dead horse, but I can't help it. Um, you know, and Phil, but Philly has a 112 implied total and Cleveland 104 and a half. So, um, and if I didn't mention it the last game, it's Knicks 105, Charlotte 103. So that's pretty pathetic. But I guess on the Philly side, you know, Ben Simmons is probably my, uh, one of my pillar plays of the day, and I know he's so damn expensive, but...
1: Yeah, you, just... mean, you mean Embiid, right?
0: No, I'm talking about Ben Simmons. Oh, Simmons is out. What am I talking about? Simmons is hurt. Uh, not Ben Simmons. I'm talking about... Uh, uh, Josh Richardson is what I
1: meant to say. Okay, I'm all so right. Sorry. So you are going with the wing player. All right.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, wing pointish kind of player. I think Richardson uh I don't want to go like Raul Neto and and all those guys that are going to split time there. I feel Josh's minutes are the safest. And if I'm going to force a guard in uh for for Philly then uh, then I you know I want it to be Richardson. So uh I don't and and I think he'll go pretty low owned cuz he's had some clunker games in there. And then, um, you know, Tobias Harris has played good ball and I don't mind, mind him at all. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy on the bubble for me. Um, I'm not going Joel Embiid, um, just because the pace of this game and just, it could be so ugly that nobody is able to, uh, really make value on a big fat salary like, uh, Embiid's or even Drummond's, uh, same thing with, with Kevin Love. i just not comfortable going to any of those spots. So, you know, uh, Richardson's my first look. I like Tobias Harris a little bit. I don't really want the all that rotation of the other wing and guard players uh, for Philly. So, you know, I'm going to go after a couple Philly guys here and be done with
1: it. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm also going to fade and bead. You know, potential blowout here. Front end of a back-to-back. May not need to play full minutes. If I'm going to play a big, I'd rather play Horford. I also will consider Tobias Horford. Harris. Horford? Oh, yep. my God. Al Horford. My um, man. He's only 5K on DraftKings. Um, he's
0: playing like a 5K guy, though. That's a problem.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe for tournaments. You know, He's going to wake up. And remember that he's Al Horford here. Soon enough, one of these games when he's in the starting lineup and Ben Simmons is out, so That's a this could point. be the night. This could be the night. We got plenty of bigs on the Cleveland side that he, you know, is going to want to match up against. Um, but yeah, I'm with you on Richardson. I, I like him here. I'll even take a look at Shake Milton at f- four point five. Uh, I bet Shake is way higher
0: owned than Richardson. Which I think, I get it, but I still don't think that's right. It's just me.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he is cheaper, but probably not cheaper enough to justify being much higher owned than, than Richardson. I agree. So he'll be, he'll be double, Richardson.
0: Really? Interesting. I think so, yeah.
1: All right. Um, but I'm with you on Cleveland. I'm not going to play anybody over there. Too many bigs, too much uncertainty with the minutes, and Philly's just too good on defense, top five. So I'm going to fade the Cavs. I agree
0: with you, man. I think we'll be in the majority there. This is definitely not a Cleveland-type rostering scenario. All right, there's a third 7 o'clock game, which is nice because we'll have uh, six teams' full lineups, you know, 30 minutes before tip, in case we need to do a little shuffling. But uh, it's Brooklyn at Washington. You know, it seems like, I don't know, maybe it's just us or maybe it's the scenario, but... Seems like I always watch Washington games because I always have two or three or four guys in that game. I know it's because they, you know, it's no secret. Washington's the fifth fastest pace and second to last defense in the entire league. And they had been last for quite some time. Um, Brooklyn's a two point road favorite, as I said, Um, 234, which is a very nice number. Second highest on the board, as Washington usually is. Brooklyn has an implied of one eighteen, and Washington one sixteen. You know, and like I said, they're the tenth and fifth fastest pace. So you got two top ten paces. Brooklyn is seventh defensively, though, so they've really, really tightened it up. So that hurts a little bit. Plus, how in the hell Beal's coming off? Two plus real point games. So I don't know how long you can ride that horse without him falling over. So I don't know. What are you going
1: to do here? Well, I will have some exposure to Beal. I'll, I'll admit it. I doubted that he was going to come back and score 50 against Milwaukee. I I thought he,
0: I couldn't believe it either.
1: I thought he emptied the tank in Chicago. I did not expect that, but I'm not going to bet against him again. I mean, he's on a mission right now um you mentioned the high total he scored 34 against these guys early in the season and i'd like some of these guys that are under the 10k price range a little bit better than the stars on this slate so i'll have some Beal uh on, on that side i'm also going to look at Troy Brown Jr. he all he, i mean he disappointed me against Milwaukee but on draftkings he's only 4k he's a little bit more wow. expensive on, on fanduel so uh you know as as you mentioned with Berton's questionable if he's out more minutes to go around there on on the bench yeah. so I'll take a look there hope, hope for a bounce back and then on the Brooklyn side we like to we like playing wings against Beal so yeah. for me it's it's Harris and LaVert are the two guys to consider with Harris he's the same price on both sites you get that 3 point bonus on DraftKings so I like him over there a little bit more uh, but Lavert really is the main guy for me on the Brooklyn side. His usage has really been increasing with Kyrie out, uh, so yeah. he's going to be my main play from Brooklyn. Solid. Uh,
0: for me, this game's pretty simple. Uh, I'm going right straight to Dinwiddie and Lavert, not even playing any games. Uh, I just Washington doesn't defend well. Uh, they looked a little defeated, especially Beal after the end of this, uh, the, the last game. I mean. He had that look on his face like, I just scored back-to-back 50-point games. We lost both games. You know, what the hell's going on? So, I don't know. I, I just don't think they're going to play as well from an offensive standpoint. And, uh, you know, we know they're poor on defense. So, I'm sort of all about Dinwiddie and Lavert in this game. And with all the uncertainty with Washington's other guys, you know, they're splitting between Napier and Smith. So that makes them almost unplayable to me because I hate split minutes. And then they've got that massive rotation of all the big guys that are back, and then Breton's not being sure. Just too much of a headache for me, so I'm sticking uh, with Brooklyn guys and, and not even going to mess with Washington uh, for the first time in a while. Okay. All right, man, we go on to game four. It's, the, it's a 7.30 game. The Orlando Ma- Magic uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. So you've got the opposite ends of the spectrum here. Orlando's a three and a half point road favorite. Um, they are uh, the total in this game is 225, 114 for Orlando, 111 for Atlanta. And uh, as far as pace goes, you got the like I say the almost the the flipped numbers uh, on pace and defensive efficiency orlando's 28th in pace where atlanta's fourth orlando's eighth on defense where atlanta's 28th so the old adage what wins when you have good offense against bad defense and bad defense against
1: good offense what what's the plan here yeah that's a that's a tough question um all i know is that i'm going to be following the news on trey young That's the only thing I know. Of course. Um, And got to check out these price tags on some of these backups, uh, Teague and Goodwin. So that's where I'm going to start with Atlanta. You know, without that Trey Young news, I really wasn't interested in the Atlanta side very much. I was more interested in the Orlando side. Vucevic, another 9K guy that I like. Uh, We like targeting the Atlanta bigs. And look what Embiid did against... Atlanta early in the week, he almost had 50 points. So I like Vucevic yeah. here, and I think Aaron Gordon's in play as well.
0: Yeah, Atlanta just doesn't defend. I mean, I get it, but, I mean, I, I don't like this game a lot in, in, to really advise on it until we know the Trey Young news, because that changes everything. Because, it, you know, if he doesn't play, you've got to take a serious look, in my opinion, at Collins and maybe Reddish or, uh, you know, uh, one of the wings, a or herder, or, or something like that, because somebody's got to pick up the million shots that he takes, uh, even though Orlando's going to slow it down. Um, you know, uh, I definitely want to look at a couple of those guys dependent. If he, if he plays, uh, then that eliminates those other ancillary guys for Atlanta, but I'm not going to play Trey. Uh, in a game where Orlando's entire purpose for this game was going to be play a half-court D, slow it down, uh, you know, get the ball out of his hands as much as they can. Now I agree with you on the Orlando side playing such an up-tempo game uh, against Atlanta. It seems like Gordon's been hot. So Gordon has to be, you know, what I would say a, a decent consideration And even Evan Fournier, I haven't dialed him up in probably a month, but, you know, this seems like it'd be a great spot for him to get a lot of shots up. So, you know, he may be the one that uh, really uh, jumps up the most with the up pace and just more possessions. Um, I don't want to spend all my money on Vuk. I know that it's probably not a bad play, but he's just too expensive for me. Uh, and that's it for me in that game.
1: Yeah, and let me just throw in a couple more pieces of data here, in mm-hmm. case in case Trey Young is out. Last time he missed, uh, Teague got the start, played twenty five minutes. Goodwin got twenty seven minutes off the bench, took fifteen shots, and Herter took twenty two shots in yeah. that game against game against Boston. So, there are going to be some much more price attractive it- price tags there.
0: Did they have Reddish and Hunter in that game though?
1: I don't believe they did have both. That is a good call. Hunter played. Reddish did not. Okay, because that changes the
0: dynamic as well because I, I think, first of all, I want nothing to do with those two guys that are splitting Teague and and, and the other guy. They're not they're, they're both gonna split minutes. And then I think herders gets kicked down with with uh, both Hunter and Reddish playing and they both get dialed up a little bit but quite not quite enough to make it so it's one of those tweener games that I just if Young's out I just don't feel comfortable about uh, but I would like to grab uh, one or two Magic just because Atlanta you know they've given up the most points since the All-Star break so you gotta you take that into consideration and Orlando's not going to get in too many games where they're going to be in more of an up pace scenario. Uh so you gotta I think you gotta look at Gordon and Fournier and even Vuk a little bit, and maybe a Fultz a little bit, but uh I don't I don't really like that backcourt right now because Fultz, DJ Augustine, and Michael Carter Williams are really splitting uh responsibilities at the point. So good point though, man. Uh you ready to go to the next one? Let's do it. Okay. The the uh, second 730 game, and then there's a third one. So we're going to have six games that start 730 or earlier. So we're going to know where we stand, and that's on the East Coast. Um, it is Minnesota at Miami. Very, very, very intriguing game here to me. Uh, Miami's a 10-point favorite. We don't know if Butler's playing or not. That's monster news. The total's 233, so that's, you know, you cannot complain about that at all. 121.5 for Miami and 111.5 for Minnesota. So 121.5 is the second biggest total on the board. Miami's been red hot. Uh, we know Cat's still out. I mean, Bam Adebayo is playing like an absolute animal, but, and I don't know how you don't consider him here. Um, because here's the scenario. You've got Minnesota, the 7th fastest team in the league. Miami's 26, so it's a big pace-up game for Miami. And then defensively, Minnesota's all the way down to 20th now, and the Heat are 13th. So, man, I'll tell you, I think you start with BAM and then build from there. What do
1: you think? Well, that's interesting. I, I do like the spot for BAM. Minnesota certainly coming in with tired legs, third night on the road, third game in four nights on the road. Yeah. Um, he is 9K on DraftKings. Uh, that's unfortunate. I'm looking at none. Again, if if Butler is out and there is a big price difference for none. On DraftKings, he's 6.1, but on FanDuel, he's only 4.9.
0: Yeah, I'd for, FanDuel refuses to move him up regardless of the fact that he's had like a good handful of fantasy points in the 40s. So... I have no idea why he's so cheap on there.
1: Yeah, so I'm. That's a it's a
0: misprice. I yeah,
1: I agree, I agree. Uh, Over on the Minnesota side, one guy I want to mention is James Johnson. The narrative coming back to town. Ooh, good point. He's been getting a lot more minutes with Minnesota. I had a lot of shares of him in that game against Dallas, and he he did well. Took advantage of the foul trouble from Nas Reed, but. Uh, I'll have some shares of him. He's cheaper on DraftKings, 5.3. Narrative. Oh, so, yeah. Narrative
0: City on him, man. I mean, I think he got a plan. I mean, he's an emotional guy, although he, he's the kind of guy that it, he's going to be so juiced. He's either going to get in foul trouble or <laughs> punch, punch somebody in the face. Right. So, um, I don't know. I think that's a great play and a great call. I was going to mention him, too, but... Not quite, uh, uh, you know, to the point where he was going to be a shoe in. But now I tell you, I don't know how you don't play him. I just, I love this matchup for him coming back, uh, you know, because they they really did give up on him. So, uh, didn't somebody else move over in that deal? Um,
1: Trying to think where I
0: I thought somebody else went from out of Miami. Winslow
1: um, went to Memphis. Oh, that
0: Yeah, but Winslow went to Memphis, but he's still out. Okay. So that was part of that all those guys moving around. Um cuz they got Crowder back in that deal as well and then they signed Iggy. So that was that was that deal. But uh wow, man. Bam, I that would be I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit back and watch Bam and James Johnson just try to out <laughs> See who could break the the backboard uh, <laughs> on their dunks. That would be a blast. Um, obviously, though, it all depends on the on the scenario with uh, with uh, Butler. If Butler's out, you know, uh, I I like all the three guys I've been playing. I, I mean, Duncan Robinson's been knocking threes down left and right. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, like you said, is mispriced. He's a he is an absolutely uh, fine play, and um, Goran Dragic. He's consistently produced uh, off the bench with some big numbers. And you know, Minnesota is not a good defensive team. Um, other than Johnson on that side, you know, I, I don't mind D'Angelo Russell, but his price tag needs to come down some more. If it was a little lower, I'd feel better about it. But, uh, you know, I really don't trust anybody else on that side of the ball. So I can see myself with Johnson and a couple of Heat players uh, and then move on. I'm with you. All right, man, we've got five down, four to go. I want to mention real quickly, go to dfscoachtalk.com. That's our website. All kinds of information on there. Get to see, you know, who our group is that's heading this project up. Um, check out our all kinds of different good information on there. And you can also uh, email questions or anything like that. And we've got some upgrades already. Even though we've only been rocking and rolling for a week, we're going to have some interactive stuff on there and different ways to sign up and, and et cetera. So all that is in the works follow us on twitter at dfs coach talk and then you want to follow our twitters all throughout the afternoon i'm at joe sarvati j-o-e-s-a-r-v-a-d-i andrew is at language olympic and michael apatria is at m-i-k-e-m-o-u-s-e no i'm just kidding (laughs) m-i-k-e-a-p-o-t-r-i-a michael apatria and uh but Df, at DFS Coach Talks, where you could find all of us are chirping in on there and posting everything and getting that done. So remember, you can hear this seven days a week. It is a free in front of the paywall uh, con- uh, content podcast, which we feel we have one of the best in the industry. You can catch us everywhere podcasts are found, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Pod, Bean iHeart, Spotify, and our lovely youtube and we do ask that you would take a second rate review subscribe it's a matter of clicking a few buttons hit that little alarm bell on youtube so you know when one of our new podcast posts and again the appreciation is enormous if you could take a minute pop five stars on itunes give us a thumbs up on youtube hit likes uh, make a little comment if you can we have a new contest going on that we we just announced yesterday uh, that we are going to draw uh, once a month. We're going to draw a full one month free membership to anybody that puts in uh, a, on iTunes any type of positive comment on there, even if it's just love the podcast, listen every day, something simple like that. Uh, or if you want to write whatever you want to write, that's that's fantastic. So. A free one-month membership for the NBA full content all-access will be drawn, and we'll do that first drawing uh, in three weeks, so you still have a little bit of time uh, to get on there, and make some comments, and get that going. Uh, we also have a, a this weekend are going to be giving away uh, five week-long memberships for NBA DFS. Uh, you'll see that on Twitter. It'll be tweeted out uh, from our at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, Twitter regarding if you follow and retweet, you'll uh, qualify for that drawing on Sunday uh, for a a free week of all access NBA. So again, three-step process, listen to our podcast, follow Twitter and all the changes throughout the day, then hunker down that last 30 minutes, watch all the player news, jump in uh, to our Discord uh, that you you can sign up for when you're a member uh, Discord's not any extra fee We have no extra fees You jump in and become a member It's all access So we're not going to nickel and dime our members whatsoever Members are pretty fired up We're 5-1 and one. So today completes the first full week of DFS Coach Talk So we would love to go to 6-1 and one. That's pretty darn stout if you ask me So uh, we're going to keep on trying to get that done. So let's finish up. We have four games remaining. We have the last 7:30 game. It is the Dallas Mavericks at the San Antonio Spurs. Dallas is minus five. It's a 233 total implied for Dallas 119, San Antonio 114. We know Lucas and Porzingis are playing. Uh, we know that Aldridge is after San Antonio. So it puts a little bit of twist on this game. Dallas is 20th in pace. San Antonio 17th. Defensively, neither team tearing it up. Dallas 19th. San Antonio way down at 26th. So uh interesting game. I think you're gonna find a lot of people going to Luca tonight. I think that he'll be Luca and Harden, I think, will be the top two. Uh, own
1: guys on the slate. What what say you, Mr. Hansen? Well I do like Luca here. Uh, out of those guys over 10k on DraftKings, he's probably my favorite considering his price. He averages a double a triple double against San Antonio. Thirty thirty three, ten and a half and ten. That's it. So <laughs> that's all he that's all he does.
0: What a what a slacker. What a bum.
1: <laughs> so I'll have I'll have some exposure to Mr. Luca and then probably not anything else with Dallas, but on the San Antonio side, I think DeRozan is worth consideration, sort of filling out that roster in that mid-tier range. He's 7K on DraftKings with with Aldridge out. And then Pirtle is likely going to be a key value play to look at here with Aldridge out. The last four games that Aldridge has been out of the lineup, Pirtle has started, and his minutes have been... 35, 22, 26, and 41. And he's had three out of four games in there where he's really exceeded value. He's only 3.2 on DraftKings. A little bit more on FanDuel at 4K, but I'm going to have a fair amount of exposure to him. I don't blame you. Is that it for these two games? That's it for those two teams, yep.
0: Well, I, uh, you know... It hurts me to and, and pains me to say this, but I also like Pirtle tonight just because of the statistical analysis of when Aldridge is out, and Dallas has not done well stopping centers, and Willie Cauley-Stein is still 50-50 because of personal reasons, so he may not be back, and if he is, there's no guarantee that he's going to get very big minutes. Bobon hasn't been playing, so it's generally they're going to go smaller and you know, play, uh, Porzingis at the five, which he blocks shots, but he's just not an intimidating space eater in the paint. So Pertle is that even though he can shoot the three as well. Um, and I think just at the price that he is with the minutes ex- expectation, it's hard to pass him up. Uh, but I'm not, like, jumping out of my seat over it, that's for sure. DeRozan's a fine play. I mean, you know, the usage generally is splits around, goes to some different guys. I think you can certainly consider him. I also think you can consider DeJounte Murray. I mean, he's had multiple games, uh, five of his last seven, where he's, you know, in the 40-plus uh, fantasy point uh, spot. So he is... Uh, been exceeding value pretty consistently as, uh, recently. So I like all those guys for the Spurs. Uh, I, I like Luca a lot. I may eat the chalk with everybody else and just accept the fact that if he's going to put 60 or 65 or 70 on the, the board, you know, I, I, it's hard to catch up, uh, and get to that. So as of right now, he's in my lineup, but if I have a change of heart later, I may swing to Porzingis, who I think is going to have a good game in this matchup as well. Um, because Rudy Gay is the only guy that can give Porzingis trouble. He has gotten into his head in the past, but he hasn't been playing that many minutes. And I'm not sure what to expect there. So uh, you know, as of now I'm leaning towards Luca and really not going with any of the other guys other than the consideration uh, of Porzingis. Okay. Three games remaining there, Andrew, eight o'clock game, the only eight o'clock game. It's interesting. We step ladder these last three games. So it'll be, you know, nice little sweat, slow sweat throughout the entire, uh, uh, Evening eight o'clock nine o'clock and ten o'clock and that eight o'clock game is Memphis at Houston ding 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 uh, probably the highest played game on the slate it's the highest total and you've got two teams that run uh, we've but here's the problem Houston is an eleven and a half point favorite is there a blowout factor here very much could be who does it affect more I don't think it affects Houston nearly as much because We've stated it probably 72,000 times that D'Antoni does not like to pull his guys even when they're way up. Uh, I was amazed. They were up 34 with four and a half minutes left, and he had Westbrook in the game, who ended up almost getting into a fight, ended in that whole uh, scrum, got thrown out of the game. And I mean that's just a perfect recipe of losing a guy for the season. I do not understand uh, his philosophy whatsoever. But I think if a blowout happens, it crushes the Memphis side more. I mean he's not uh, Jenkins has said all along, and he hasn't, and he's stuck stuck with it. He is, does not overplay minutes with Jaw or uh, Joe Val or or you know a lot a lot of those guys. But we have Triple J and Brandon Clark out, so that shuffles the deck. I mean, it brings a lot of other guys into play. Um, it makes Joe Val, I think, uh, a really good play because obviously he's going to get guarded by uh, P.J. Tucker, but we've been smoked on this. You know, I said, how can you pass up Gobert? How the hell are they going to guard him? Well, they did. They did a great job against Gobert, and then they did it against the Lakers. How the hell are they gonna guard their bigs? And they they did. So I you know, I don't know if it's it's just a new style. They're playing with pressuring the ball, but I still think val has gotta be a, a strong consideration. I I refuse to believe that they can continue to get away with a six, four and a half foot center that uh you know, isn't gonna get schooled in the pain at some point. So that's my thinking there. Dylan Brooks gets a lot of minutes. They're going to want him in there uh, you know, to try to guard Harden or Westbrook for, for most places. But offensively, he's super inconsistent, so I'm not real comfortable there. But somebody's got to pick up you know, the Triple J and Clark points. Um, you wonder if Bruno Caboclo is going to get back into the rotation. That's something we want to read about as the afternoon goes on. Um, but for me right now, I sort of like Joe Val. Have a little asterisk next to De'Anthony Melton. I just he seems to wiggle his way in when they're a little short-handed at times in different positions, and he's such a terrific DFS points per minute guy for a guy that doesn't play a ton uh, that sometimes you can sneak him in there on the cheap and grab 38, you know, DFS points, something like that. Uh, the Houston side of the ball, you know, you can easily uh, roster um, Harden or Westbrook. I think they're they're both very rosterable here. Um, I would assume Brooks guards Harden, but I don't know that for a fact. So I'm going to read up on it because I very well may use my second payup up uh, for Harden or Westbrook. Uh, Luca being one and Harden or Westbrook being the other one. But I want to figure out uh, who's guarding who, and I'm going to try to dig in and find that because uh, Brooks can slow people down, so that is a a small concern there. And, you know, I want to see which guy he's guarding. Uh, It does, uh, they're both super expensive, so uh, I don't think you can really afford both. But uh, I guess, you know, in some builds on some of the sites, he can. But uh, for me, I'm, I'm looking Joval, maybe Melton, especially in a GPP. And then uh, once I dig deeper, because I haven't found anything yet this morning, uh, on either the Harden or Westbrook uh, option. Um, I also like uh, Robert Covington a little bit. Uh, He seems to be just embracing and fitting in this role. I mean, it's like sometimes he's playing sort of like almost center and gets some rebounds and blocks. And then, you know, on offense, he's floating out there hitting three. So he's been a very unique situation. And I like him a lot better than P.J. Tucker. Even though Tucker's filled that role well and they've won with the small ball lineup, he hasn't produced very well in DFS, so I would stick more with uh, Covington uh, and then the big boys.
1: Excellent. Anything else? Yep, that's yeah, it lot, for you there. A lot of good stuff there. I want to add a couple points here. On Covington, sure. Just add, I'm going to add a stat. Four straight games over 30 fantasy points, so I agree with you. He's very reliable, feels very comfortable so far. I'm going to lean a little bit more towards Harden over Westbrook. And okay. Harden, Harden is cheaper on DraftKings than FanDuel, so some nice savings there. And one guy I want to mention, okay, on the on the Memphis side, is one guy you didn't mention, Josh Jackson. Yeah. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to confuse the audience for a minute, so stay with me. But if you look at DraftKings, Jay Jackson, you can get him at 5.8, 4.5, or 3.0. Wow. And so – that, of course, is a reference to Triple J, yep. uh, who's out. So you don't want to get him in your lineup. No. Josh Jackson, the one you want, is in the middle. He's 4.5. Uh-huh. Justin Justin Jackson on Dallas is, is 3K. Good so, Lord. I think this is a good opportunity to remind everybody, you know, take five extra minutes. Start a little bit earlier. Give yourself the extra time. Double-check everything. Make sure you get Josh Jackson in the lineup, the guy who's active, not Justin Jackson. Um, And I do want to get him in some lineups. I think he's one of the guys that's going to soak up some of that usage. He got 25 minutes against the Clippers uh, with those guys out and, and Clark going down. He also had 22 minutes the game before. And here's the thing for Josh Jackson, Coach. Don't you think he should be able to thrive pretty well in a game like this against Houston? I mean, I think if he doesn't do well tonight, he gets 25 minutes or more. They should just send him back to the G League.
0: You know, I'm, I'm with you. I think he's got a lot of talent. He's obviously been a massive head case since day one. You just never know what you're going to get with him. So it's just as likely to me that he comes out and tries to have a huge game and do great to, to solidify his spot on the team. It's also just as likely he goes out there a little unfocused and just doesn't get involved in the offense much. And, you know, I just, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him, but I think he's a tremendous GPP play. I really do because he could be a a great find, but in cash, I just, I don't have the, he's not the secret squirrel. I do not have the big nuts to to put him in there.
1: Well but I do yeah.
0: I will tell you though uh, you made a good point guys that are flying the last five minutes to get a lineup in I guarantee there are some people that click the wrong Jay Jackson <laughs> yep. absolutely uh, and we're not talking uh, you know Jeremiah Jackson from the Jackson five either no <laughs> or Jimmy Jackson from the the uh, Mavericks the old Maver- right. So there's we could go through the Jacksons for quite a while. <laughs> All right, two games left. Uh this last game is going to get a massive amount of interest a- around the industry. It's the Clippers at the Suns. It is Clippers, a seven point favorite on the road, 232 over under. You have an implied 119 and a half for the Clippers, 112 and a half for the Suns. Um Pace makes this game something you want to play. Eighth Clippers, ninth Phoenix. You don't always get two in the top ten, so that's back-to-back games. Memphis, Houston, Clippers, Phoenix. Those are four of the, of the, fa- the nine fastest teams in the league, so it does uh, you know, really solidify that total. Um, defensively, though, better than the, the other game. Clippers are sixth. Phoenix 16th, which isn't too bad. Uh, you know, it's funny, as soon as Baines and a few of those guys came back, they started improving on the defensive side right away. So this game's going to get a lot of attention. Is are, are this one you're going to focus on?
1: Well, you know, I'd like to get some exposure to it just looking at that total. But, you know, you, you mentioned at the top with all those Clippers back in the lineup, I just don't think there's enough usage to go around with the price tag. So okay. I really don't plan to play any Clippers. You know, maybe Harrell in a one-off. I, I think he's the safest guy in terms of maintaining his usage with all the new, the new, the new bodies, the new faces. And on the Phoenix side, you know, I'm curious what you think about Oubre being out, how that's going to affect things.
0: Yeah, no, I think it will. I mean, he's not only an offensive, terrific offensive player, it, it really stings them because, you know, he'd have probably been guarding Paul, Paul George. So uh, it, it shifts everything for Phoenix. I think it gets them into a little trouble there. Um, but, I, you know, I'm with you. As much as I want to, to jump on this game, and it looks so good in a lot of different angles, uh, you know, the Clippers – If you're going to pay up for Kawhi or George, you got to be pretty damn sure that they're going to blow out and do really well. And with both of them playing, you know, in a game where they could beat the suns pretty bad, even though they're not playing the best ball right now, you've got all those other big names like, you know, Lucas and Harden's and Westbrook's on the board. It's just hard to pull the trigger for me on George or uh, Kawhi. Um, you know, the ancillary guys, you know, Beverly's coming back from injury, so you don't know exactly what his minutes are going to be. I don't trust the, the scrub guys like Shamit and Green and all those wastes of roster spots. Um, you know, and, and I don't like Montrez here because Aiton's in there. When he rotates out and then the Clippers rotate out Zubach, Harrell has to come in and face the the lovely uh, Aaron Baines who can stick it to you pretty good uh, and, and there's a lot not very many backup centers in the league uh, that Harrell comes in and faces that are that stout uh, rebounding and defensive I think the only guy I consider from the Clippers side here is Lou Williams because on the contrary the Phoenix guards off the bench don't defend very well and you know this you know Lou seems to flourish in these up-paced games more than anybody because, you know, he wants to get that shot up as quick as possible. So Lou Williams is definitely on my list uh, today. I'd like to to get him in there. Um, Phoenix, it's a lot tougher for me. I mean, I I think DeAndre Ayton's just a monster stud. I think I don't care that Baines is back. I think Ayton's certainly somebody you have to consider. Uh, I think he'll do well in this game uh but after that you know uber is out so they got to shift things i don't quite trust mikhail bridges i don't want any part of rubio or booker tonight just because you know you're staring those clippers defensive guards right in the in the chops with with uh, pat bev and company there so uh it's gonna i'm not gonna play this game that much and i think it will be owned so i hope i have a a little bit of a fatter lead here so I don't get stung in this game. But the two guys I'd consider at this point
1: are Lou Williams and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. And, and, uh, price wise, Lou Williams, a thousand cheaper on FanDuel and it's the reverse for Ayton; He's $500 cheaper on DraftKings.
0: It's, it's bizarre, man. I, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to it anymore. I mean, the last couple of years, you could pretty much depend on the pricing, being consistent and the difference of the pricing on the two being consistent, but now it's they're completely using different algorithms to come up with their pricing. And it's not like one of them seems dead wrong and the other one's dead right, it's like they split down the middle, some way over or underpriced on one side or the other. It, it's just sort of a head scratcher, but I'm with you and I thank you for pointing that out because you know it makes. It makes a guy like Lou Williams a no-brainer on FanDuel, but you know, not sure on DraftKings kind of scenarios. So, exactly. Um, yeah. All right, let's wrap this sucker up. We've got uh, the last ten o'clock game, the the sweat hammer game. Uh, not that it's the best DFS style numbers game. You've got Boston on the second night of a back-to-back. Against the Utah Jazz in the elevation of Utah, so Sting City there on Boston for those things. Uh, Utah is a four and a half point favorite, so it should be a close game. Uh, the spread, the uh, total is two eighteen and a half low, um, one eleven and a half implied for Utah, one oh seven for Boston. Uh, Boston fifteenth pace. Utah, pretty darn slow, twenty-second, and then the other fearful thing here is Boston is fourth defensively, and Utah twelfth. Uh, so this is a tough game for me. This this was of all the games on the board, the hardest one for me to determine what I wanted to do. What what is your thinking, Mr. Hanson? Maybe I can just. Copy your thinking and pretend like I was had the same thing. (laughs) Okay, ready? Here it is.
1: It's gonna be easy. Let me write it down. (laughs) Okay, write it down. Okay, ready? Turn on turn on ESPN at ten thirty Eastern. Sit back and enjoy. Just watch the game. It should be a good battle. Two great coaches that we you and I I know we both appreciate them both. Yes. Um, you know, back tough back to back for the Celtics. Those guys don't do very well on back to backs. No. And, you know, tough tough defenses on both sides. I I may only play one value play here in tournaments. Okay, I know you're not going to want to play him in cash, but Enes Cantor is 3.2 on DraftKings. He got 17 minutes last night in Portland. And that's all we need from him is we need some minutes. You know, give me 20 minutes or so. And if you put him and Pirtle in a lineup on DraftKings – then you can go up and get multiple studs. So um, yeah. that that might be it for me. I really don't like any of these prices, uh, you know, or the matchup in general.
0: It's a tough one, there's no doubt. I mean, I test from yesterday, uh, the last half especially, Jason Tatum was absolutely unconscious. I mean, he couldn't miss. It was one of those where you didn't even have to look at the basket, and it was it was going in, so... Uh, I, I do like Tatum, but he's so expensive; he's overpriced.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: but I do like him. He's I think he's gonna have a terrific game here. Uh, he's my favorite Celtic in this game. Um, love the way Marcus Smart played yesterday, uh, and I, I just I'm not I don't think Utah's backcourt is that awesome defensively. I really don't. Uh, Mike Conley's played okay but not against uh, the backcourt defense the Celtics. Want no part of that. Uh, don't even really want Donovan Mitchell in this place. I've been playing him because he's underpriced for being the superstar on that team. Um, but I just I don't feel comfortable, even though it's a back-to-back in Utah uh, with Mitchell. Um, if I had to play a flyer here and I wanted to go cheap, You're going to think I've lost my marbles, but I sort of like Daniel Tice. He has consistently not just been good. He's been really good. I mean, we're talking 35, 42, 38. I mean, he is scoring fantasy points like a starting center in the NBA, and he's really dominated the minutes over Cantor recently, and this is a weird stat, but it's an edge that's been working for me. Yes, Gobert is the defensive player of the year. Yes, Gobert leads the league in blocks. But let me explain something to you. Dig into those stats. He rarely blocks the guy that takes it right at him. Even if it's a guard, he always gets all of his blocks because he's the best off-the-ball help blocker than by far in anybody in the league. Whiteside does an okay job at it, but... Uh, it's, it's really not close. If, if he's playing his guy and he's sloughing off him a couple feet and somebody from the other team drives, he's going to come over and, and get a piece of that ball. But if you feed it to a guy that's, that's going right at him to the hoop, uh, his dexterity side to side is not that good. It's great coming over from a peripheral vision standpoint to get a block. And if you watch, that's almost all his blocks. But I think Tice can pound a few in there on him, take it up right hand, left hand, and he's going to have like no ownership because it's against Gobert. But, you know, he could be a guy that could help me make sure I can get a Harden and Luke on my lineup. And I just feel like he has a pretty safe floor in a game where I think he can do a dec- decent job and people aren't going to look at. The, the reasoning behind the positioning on the floor and how that works, they're just going to look more at the statistics. So that's my secret squirrel, buddy. I waited till the last game. Uh, you know, I I think he's a great GPP player, and I may have hashtag big nuts and use him in one of my two cash lineups as well. Um,
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, one, other, one other point I'll add in there is nice yeah. breakdown is Tice also shoots the three-pointer. So he's not like a typical big going against Utah, who's only trying to do damage in the paint. And uh, he's been playing with a lot more confidence this year. And before we want to wrap up, I want to mention one more player in this game because we love narratives. So you got to mention Gordon Hayward going back to Utah. Yeah.
0: The
1: the problem is it's a back-to-back and that's just not the best scenario for him. The last two games in a back-to-back for Hayward, he hasn't even scored 10 real points i know so you know maybe he digs deep and comes up with something special for utah but i guess i'm not counting on it this time around even though i'd like to
0: yeah i i mean i looked at the narrative there and just didn't even couldn't dig in i i don't trust hayward on a back-to-back against a, a better team in utah as far as defensively than most that he plays the elevation the whole nine yards i just it you know, I could see him having twenty twenty five fantasy points, but that that isn't gonna help you whatsoever. Nope. Uh and you know, I don't think it's worth a risk there. But I would I wish I had the money there to play Tatum because I do think he's gonna he's gonna be the one Celtic that can go sort of bonkers here.
1: Yeah, just too pricey.
0: Yeah, yeah. Why do we have to have salary effective? I know, come problem? on. <laughs> All right, my brother, let's uh, close this down. Uh, We we gave all kinds of different ideas, plays all over the board. We never give out all chalk. You know, you certainly don't do that. We're more contrarian than anybody out there. Uh, You know, we do it all organically. We don't look at other uh, ownerships and all that stuff. We do these podcasts raw on what we're seeing. That's what sort of DFS Coach Talk's all about. We're building different lineups. We're not putting it into an optimizer or cruncher to kick out that stuff. Not that that's a negative thing, and for the get you guys that do it out there, more power to you. But we're building some hand built lineups off of, yes, a plethora of statistics, but also that, you know, the coach's eye, the eye test, who's doing what in certain situations, the game within the game of, you know, again, Go Bear having. Seventy-seven, I think, seventy-six percent of his blocks coming off the ball, stuff like that. That that people may not dig to that level of of uh, detail. So that's what we want to try to give to you guys every day. Uh, we will formulate our final lineups. I'll have I'll be posting my two cash, and Andrew will be posting his do, his two GPP at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, com. If you sign up, you get into our Discord. We will be posting those in the Discord 30 minutes before lock. So that is it, my man. Any final words?
1: Uh, let's have some fun tonight. I enjoyed it, and let's get after it.
0: Let's go get it. We want to thank you for joining us for another episode of DFS Coach Talk Podcast. For my fellow NBA pros, Micah Patria, and my main man that did an awesome job today on the show with me, Andrew Hanson, I am Coach. We'll look to catch you again tomorrow when we crush it in NBA DFS.